Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Good morning, church. Sure good to see you this morning. Let me draw your attention right away to the screen, if you would. And I want you to notice uh, what, what Peter had to say. You guys with me? Uh, notice what Peter has to say here this morning in 1 Peter 4, verse 7. He said, but the end of all things is come. You see that? The end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch to the end. Now let, that, let that just soak in just for a moment. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. He said this. He reminds, in fact, he declares that the end of all things is at hand. In other words, in other words life as we know it one day will be no more. Right? Life as we know it, life as we're living it, one day uh, will be no more. And, uh, and, and that, I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I think that's sooner than later, the way things are going. But Peter said, the end of all things is at hand. You may have heard it said before, it's not over till it's over. You ever hear that? It's not over till it's over. Uh, well, Peter said, one day uh, it's going to be over. It's not over till it's over. One day... It's going to be over, you know, and uh, and on that day, uh, that's when that's when we'll have to determine what really will matter in the end. Think about that with me. What really will matter in the end? Over the last few weeks, we've talked about uh, the generations, right? You remember that? And uh, you can put that word generational in front of a lot of different things. True. And we talked about uh, stewardship, and we talked a little bit about generational giving. And then last week, we spoke a little bit about generational truth, right? And, uh, and you, know, there's, 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 you know, there's generational wealth, correct? You know what that is, right? Everybody say, it's something I don't have. It's generational wealth, you know? Uh, that's when wealth is passed down, you know? And, and that's, that's an awesome thing, you know? Uh, but we, we talked about this. We looked at just the last 100 years of generations. And, and uh, you know, looking at, you know, the great generation and then generation Zers, you know, and, uh, and all in between. And we had said this, the only thing, the only way for generations to dwell in harmony, the only way for generations, in fact, generations in the church to dwell together would be if we can just tap into something that will transcend the generations, right? If something's got to be above. Something's got to be mm, above time and, and age and culture. And we have that, don't we? We have the Word of God. And the Word of God, we had said, transcends the generations. No matter how old you are, it doesn't make a difference. The Word of God is relevant. And the, the Word of God will speak to us. The Word of God will speak into our lives, and the Word of God will guide us. Several years ago now, I, I remember preaching a series of messages uh, in the church that I pastored, 
And, and the title of it was Life Verses. Life Verses. And what I did was I asked folks to uh, go ahead and take out a piece of paper and just write down if they had a life verse. How many of you have a life verse? How many of you know what I'm talking about? A life verse. Uh, basically, what a life verse is, is a scripture that you, or many scriptures that you have used to guide you through your life. Correct? You know, you've got a life verse. Uh, I have several life verses. You know, uh, one of my life verses is Proverbs 18, verse number one, where the wise man Solomon said this in Proverbs 18, one, through desire, a man, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. That's a great Bible verse, and for you right now, you might say, okay. But for me, that Bible verse has guided my life. That Bible verse has helped me uh, become the person that I am today and, and has guided me in ministry and so on and so forth. And so you might, have a, you might have a life verse. I would trust that you get one and maybe even get more than one. Because during, uh, the, you know, life presents different challenges. And there are times when we have to make decisions, and not all decisions are equal, right? Some decisions carry great consequence. Uh, some decisions are, you know, uh, more important than others. And when you have to make those major decisions, it's really important for us as God's kids that we tap into God's wisdom and find out exactly what God's desire is for us in that, in that decision. Are you, are you with me? And so I said all that to say this, uh, in the end, in the end, we are going to have to figure out what is it that will matter in the end. There it is. Thank you, guys. I've been waiting for that. What will matter in the end? And, and what we need to do in life is we, we need to figure out somehow, some way to live according to what's most important. You know, sometimes it's called values. We have values, right? And then we have priorities. So a value is something that you consider rather important. And when you have a value, then you make that value a priority. Are you with me? So let, let's, just, let's just see if you, if you understand what I'm talking about. So a value is this. Let's say you believe that worshiping God is really important. And you believe that worshiping God with, with a church is important. So it's a value to you. So you make that a priority, and guess what you do? You come to church on Sunday morning. You're sitting here. It's a priority, right? Uh, I know there's a large constituency of individuals here because of a gentleman's birthday. Happy birthday, Brother Bob. God bless you. And uh, he's, he's a blessing to this church. And I've been here just for a few months, and he and Miss Pat have already been a blessing to me many times over. And, uh, and so it was a priority for your family to get here today because they wanted to celebrate your birthday with you, right? And that's a great value. You value a Bob Nick turn. So what we have to come to understand is our values and our priorities will guide us through life. And the best way for you and I to determine what a good value is or what a priority is, is from the Word of God. And so what I've done for us this morning is this. What I've done for us this morning is I've, I've gathered some scriptures. And this is really going to be, I mean to tell you, a Bible message this morning, because all we're going to do today is just pull out a few scriptures that I would hope could become a guidepost for you. Maybe something that will guide you through the remainder of your days so that when you get to that point in time, which we would call the end, you will have lived according to 
you know, everything that really matters. Because uh, as we talked over the last few weeks, and this is kind of a summation message over the, from, from the last few weeks. As we talked over the last few weeks about stewardship, we had said this, and I think we've agreed, that there's coming a day when you and I will be ushered into the very presence of God for a final audit. Say amen right there. And say it like, amen. Say, oh boy. You know, one day being ushered, think about it now, in the very presence of Almighty God, where we are going to give an answer to God at a final audit, you know? And he may say things, because I read the Bible, he may say things like this, so what have you done with what I've given you? And, and, and we might say, uh, we may say something like this, you know, what have you done? What have you done with your life? Because our life is a gift. Isn't that right? You know, every single day you wake up, you ought to thank God for the gift of life. I'm alive today. Thank you, Lord. And then not only has he given us uh, life, but, but most of the people in this room have something called eternal life. Praise the Lord, you know, going to go to heaven one day. And so when this is all over, then we really begin to live. So eternal life. And then, and then we said this last week, truth. God has given us information. And we're accountable for the information that God has given us. And so one day, to cut to the chase, one day we're going to give an answer to God at this final audit for how we lived our lives and how we used what he's given us. And so I think it's vitally important that we begin to live today, you know, according to what will really matter in the end, right? What will matter in the end? Because there's a lot of things in this world and this life that are distracting. And I'm not, I'm not an advocate, you know, to live your life 24-7 at church. I, 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 I'm an advocate for enjoying your life. And I do have a life outside of the church, but I don't have a life outside of Christ. Did that make sense? I mean, I don't live here. You may think I do because I'm here a lot, but I don't. I do go home to shower every once in a while and change and kiss my dear wife. No, but I, I do love having a life outside of the church, but not outside of Christ. So everything I do, and I like to do a lot. I like to fish. I like to golf. I, I, I like that. I love the outdoors, but I do it in the name of Jesus. And so how I would live my life when on campus here or in church here is how I live my life out there. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Do you mind if I take off my jacket? It's a little warm up here. Yes? Who said yes? Oh, you said it's okay. I just want to get your permission, Shay. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. And so uh, we need to be really careful because, you know, sometimes out there we become somebody that we're not when we're here. And that's inconsistent living right? But that's another message in and of itself. What I want to help us with this morning is simply this. I want to help us to begin to develop, to develop some guides, some guideposts in our life, some, some, some truth in our life that would guide us into our future. What will matter in the end? Someone said this, someone said, life is a dress rehearsal for eternity. This is an education for heaven, Right? And so God's trying to get all, you know, the wrinkles ironed out, all the kinks knocked out, so that when we get to heaven, when we get to eternity, you know, every, everything's been worked out. Are you with me? 
So what will matter in the end? I want to give you just a couple of scriptures this morning that I hope will serve as a benefit to all of us. Are you ready? Here, here's the first one. Look at this Bible verse with me. Look at this verse. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. 2 Corinthians, right? 1 Corinthians is a whole different beast. Because Paul was writing to a church in 1 Corinthians that really was, say, say this with me, messed up. Say it, messed up. That church was messed up. I think I'd go to that church just to find out what's going to happen next. And by the way, look up here for a second. There's a lot of messed up churches on earth today. Messed up. They've lost their way. Hello? But as he writes to 2 Corinthians, it's a different church. They've gotten some things straightened out. And in chapter 13, verse number 5, he, he says this. Look, he said, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Now, I, this message could become three hours or one hour, but it, it could be just the rest of the time we have left. If you listen real good, I'll try to get through it real good. Because on every one of these little things, I can stop and pause. Because isn't it easier to examine, to examine somebody else than it is to examine yourself? Say amen. Come on. Huh? I mean, don't we find it easier to point the finger than to point the finger? But Paul said to the church in Corinth, he said, go ahead and examine yourself. And here's, here's what he, here's what he exam, uh, challenges them to do. Examine yourself whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. All right, so let's, let's, make, let, let's, just, let's just say this. Maybe Paul is coming along and saying to the church in Corinth, you, need to better, you, you just need to be absolutely positively sure that you're saved. Huh? Do, do, do you see it? Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. You know? And so uh, it's not about who's sitting next to you in front of you or who you're accountable for, you know, as a parent or as an employee. No, what he's saying is you need to make sure that you look into your own heart, into your own life, and examine your own faith. To be 100% positive, that's just what will matter in the end. I'll tell you what will matter in the end, whether or not you're saved. More than anything. More than anything. And so let me just make a couple of statements that I think might help explain this. For example, uh, salvation is not when somebody says, well, I love Jesus. Hello? I've heard people say so, so many times, they'll come to me and I'll say, uh, I'll say uh, TJ, uh, does so-and-so, are, are they saved? And TJ may respond, well, they love the Lord. I didn't ask whether or not they love the Lord. The question was, is that person saved? And just because somebody says they love the Lord does not mean that person's saved. Do you agree? I'm glad they love the Lord. But just because they say, hey, I love Jesus, doesn't mean that they're saved, right? Um, salvation is not turning over a new leaf. Hello? Someone says, well, man, you know, I, you know, I, I, don't, do, I don't do that. I don't, I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't go with girls who do. <laughs> Hello? And uh, are, you, are you listening real good? I don't have time because I got so many other things to talk to you about. But I want you to get this one point. Because what will matter in the end is if you really are genuinely converted, are you really genuinely saved? And, and just because you say you love the Lord, and just because you don't do some of the things you used to do, does not qualify you for salvation. 
Uh, salvation is not getting, getting religion. Hello? Oh, man. Hey, hey, TJ. Is so-and-so saying, but, but, but they come to church. There's a lot of people that come to church that aren't saved. In fact, I'm not sure about this whole crowd on this side this morning. <laughs> that side this morning. But just because you go to church doesn't mean you're saved. Isn't that right? But, but look, look here. How, how many of us have heard that in response? Hey, do you know for sure you're going to go to, say, what, go to heaven when you're not? I, I go to Open Bible Baptist Church. But the last I had checked, Open Bible Baptist Church didn't die on the cross for you. Jesus died on the cross for you. Hey, do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? Well, yeah, man. Look, I used to smoke, drink, and I used to do all these. I don't do that no more. Well, that's wonderful. But you can get, you can get help there at AANA and everybody else's A. Right? I mean, there's a program for everything today so that you can change your behavior. Changing your behavior does not mean that you're saved. Amen? Uh, salvation is not adhering to a set of rules. Right? Salvation is not based upon pedigree. You know, my grandfather was saved, and my father was saved, and Aunt Betsy was saved. Doesn't make a difference. Just because they were saved doesn't mean you're saved. See, the Bible teaches, Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. And listen, we can stop here and just finish on this one point because this is the most, the very most important thing that will matter in the end, whether or not your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, whether or not you have genuine salvation. Amen. And I'll be honest with you, man, it's concerning to some of us that have, that have been saved for a while, you know, because we want to make sure. You know, the last thing I remember hearing this when I, was, when I was just coming up, when I was a younger preacher, I would hear other older preachers say this, you know, one of my concerns, one of my fears is that at the end of time, I've pastored or preached for many, many, many years, and the people that I was pastoring or preaching to weren't saved. And we get to heaven to find out, man, where's old so-and-so? Old so-and-so was a great churchgoer. They were a great giver. They were a great help in the church. But they never really had a relationship with Jesus. Well, that's concerning. i never forget my daughter, Nicole, who's our eldest child. Uh, she's our oldest daughter. We have three daughters and a son. She's, she's number one. Her and I, one time, we went to a, we went to a, my, Mrs. Genizzi was sick. And she was the only child at the time, right? Or maybe, maybe Joe was born, but he was a baby. Uh, she was five years old, and we went to a we went to hear a preacher preach, and it was just her and I, uh, and of course everybody else in the church, and we sat right about where you're at, Miss Pat, and we sat there, and she sat next to me, and the the preacher preached, and I don't remember what he preached, but he's all fired up, you know, and and uh, and at the end of the service, you know, he gave an invitation, and and we bowed our heads, and my daughter she tugged at me, and she said, I said, what is it? She said, I need to get saved. And I said, really? She said, yeah. I said, you want to do that right now? She said, yeah. I said, okay, let's go. I grabbed her by her hand. We came down front. I knelt down with her, and we had, we had a little chat. I gave her, shared the gospel. Now, she's heard it, of course, several times because, you know, at that time I was, I was a pastor, and so she heard me preach. And, but so I led her to the Lord right there. And then we went home uh, that evening, and, and uh, of course, Donna was at home. She wasn't with us in the, in the meeting. She was backslidden, or she wasn't feeling good. And... Uh, and I'll never forget this. I said to Nicole, I said, Nicole, go ahead and tell your mother what took place. And so Nicole told her mother, I got saved tonight. So she marked that down. You know how you do it, right? You mark it down. Five years old, she got saved. Well, when she was 13, maybe, 13, 14 years old, you know, now she's a teenager. And in a chapel service 
at our school, I'm pretty sure this is accurate, a chapel service in our school, uh, one, somebody was preaching, and, uh, and she got a little bit stirred up, you know? And later on that day or that week, she went home and started questioning some things. 13, 14 years old, started questioning some things. And so you know what I said to her, TJ? I said, how dare you question anything? You were saved when you were five years old. What's the matter with you, girl? No, that's not what I said to her. Not at all. I said, well, listen, if you got some questions, that's wonderful. Let's get this, let's get this settled. And Mrs. Genizzi took her up to, the, to her bedroom, and they sat there, and they talked and prayed. She came down sometime later, and she said, I don't have any more questions. So what's more important? You know, somebody's saying they got saved and now too prideful admit, to admit they never did, or somebody coming along saying, I need to make sure, I need to make sure, because I don't want to, in the end, find out that I've made a mistake. Are you with me? And I can give you testimony after testimony after testimony that goes along with that. But I want to move on. So what will matter in the end? i tell you what's really going to matter is whether or not you're genuinely converted. Right? But look at another scripture with me. Go ahead, flip it, guys, if you would. Look at this text. Again, this is Apostle Paul. He's writing now the church in, in, in Galatia. Right? Another, another group of believers, local church. And look what he says in chapter 6 and verse 10. He says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are members of the church, members of the body of Christ, especially to others who are saved. Let us do good unto all men, to everybody, but especially to those who name the name of Christ. Are you with me? Huh? And so what will matter in the end for sure is whether or not you're saved. You need to know that. But a second thing I think is this. I think this is really important. I think in the end what will matter is how we treated others along the way. Believe it or not, the person sitting next to you does matter. Believe it or not, the person sitting in front of you, be behind you, the person you work with, that guy that just drives you crazy, that girl that just, mm, 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 really does matter. Huh? Look here, Jesus didn't just die for the people you like. He died for everybody. And I hate to pop your bubble, but there's somebody on this earth that doesn't like you. I know it's hard to believe. I mean, look how lovely we are, but it's true. There's somebody out there that doesn't like us. Just because you don't like somebody doesn't give you license or reason not to treat them right. Are you with me? Huh? Because when you read through this text of Scripture, and we don't have time to go there, but in the book of Galatians, chapter number 6, just a couple things that Paul says there I think really, really is a, is a highlight. Listen to verse number 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual... Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. He goes on and says this, uh, be, bear ye one another's burdens, right? Let every man prove his own self. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him. Be not deceived, God's not mocked. Whatsoever man sow, that shall also reap. Be not weary in well-doing, for in good due season you shall reap. And he's talking about how you and I treat others along the way. And I'm not sure of this. I, Tony, I don't know if I've ever read this somewhere in the scriptures, but Judgment Day, because you really don't get an idea at Judgment Day, you know, some of the things. You just have to use sanctified common sense and Scripture. But I don't know if maybe 
Judgment Day where, you know, okay, we passed the first test, and Peter says, you can let him in, he's got it. Because Peter's always at the gate, right? You know, let him in, he's got the genuine thing. And then maybe the very first thing the Lord says to us, or maybe what he flashes up on the screen, maybe Doug's in heaven working the... And he flashes up on the screen all these people that, man, you and I, were, we were connected with people that I worked with and people I had no time for and people I just passed by. Next week, if the Lord tarries, I'm going to preach a message called The Destination. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes in our attempt to get to where we want to go, we, we don't get to where God wants us to be. People are the destination many of the time. And so maybe on the screen, all these people begin to flash up people that I knew and people that I had no time for, people that I just offended, used sarcasm against, lost people that I had opportunity to give the gospel to. And so maybe, I don't know, just maybe, Donald, I like to believe this. This helps me live according to the word of God that one day I'm going to give an answer to God for how I treated others. And so I need to be careful. And that doesn't mean that I'm always... (laughs) There's many times I got to go back and say, hey, I'm sorry I said that, or sorry the way I said that, or I'm sorry I didn't say that, and I should have been a... How many times I come out of Wawa with my coffee and my sizzly? (laughs) If you're a Wawa person, I'm speaking your language now, right? Two for five, by the way, right? And and I'm sitting right there is a homeless person. Huh? And, and there's times when I say, in my mind, now don't judge me, please, get a job, man. And I'll get in my car, and I'll take a sip of my coffee, and the Holy Spirit will say, really? All right. I grab a gospel track, get out of the car, take my, my money, and say, hey, in the name of Jesus, I give this to you. I pray you use it wisely, but I want you to read this gospel track. Huh? Say, boy, he, he's something else. No, there's times I get in the car, sip the coffee, and, and the Holy Spirit says, really? And I say, uh-huh, and I'm gone. <laughs> Come on, man, let's just be honest. Huh? So you're going to give an answer to that? I don't know. I mean, I was just bringing up a point. But I think we ought to be a little bit more consumed or maybe aware or at least sensitive to our surroundings. What will matter in the end? Huh? Can I give you another verse? i got a few minutes left. Let me give you another one. Uh, look at this one here. 1 Corinthians, Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. And, and this is, again, I'm just, I'm just capturing Bible verses. If I put them into context, he says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 is a teaching about spiritual gifts. Now pay attention right here. Spiritual gifts. And according to this text, here's what he says, the manifestation or the giving of the Spirit or, or the gift that, that the Spirit is given to every man, every individual born-again believer has been given a gift by the Holy Spirit. Now, you weren't born with it. You were born with natural talents, right? Uh, Sam Booker, where do you go? Sam Booker. And that's, you got a sweet voice. Isn't that wonderful? Right? I don't think that was a gift from God. It's a natural talent. Sam uses that for the glory of God. Right? Others have natural talent. Some people can sing. Some people are, just have the you know, mind to put things together. Some people are OCD. I think that's a gift from God. But God has given each of us a spiritual gift. And 
one day, I really believe this, one day at this final audit, a question may be, so what have you done with the gifts that I've given you? Yeah. Because when you, when you become a member of the body of Christ, you become an important part of that body. Right? And I'm not sure what part you are. You know, if you're the hand or if you're an eye or an ear or the foot, I don't know. But we're all a specific part. If you read that text, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, speaks about the gifts of the Spirit and how God has gifted us to be a special part of that. Everything that Open Bible Baptist Church needs to operate and function and stay healthy is sitting in these pews. If we're lacking in any area, it's because somebody here is not fulfilling their responsibility. You're not using your gift. And so I think this, I think it's important for us, A, to know our spiritual gift, cultivate our spiritual gift, and then use our spiritual gift, right? So many times, if I were to ask you right now, if you'd be honest, and I'd say, how many of you really do not know what your spiritual gift is? If you were honest, many hands would go up in this auditorium, uh, because it's something that we've lacked teaching on, you know? But when you get to heaven, you say, the Lord says to you, TJ, what have you done with your spiritual gift? And you say, well, what gift? Well, the one you got, you got it, some of it. I didn't even know I got it. You're accountable for it. You're accountable for it. So we better find out what it is. I had a Bible study this past week, a week prior, with a member of our church, and we talked about spiritual gifts. And the person, I said, this person said, well, I'm really not sure what my gift is. How, do, how can I know? I said, let me give you this crude illustration. Think about this, and I want you to tell me what your knee-jerk reaction is. You want to take the test? All right, we're sitting around a table together, right? And, and somebody at the table spills a glass of milk. What's your knee-jerk reaction? Jump out of the way. That's not a spiritual gift. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Steve? It's got to be somebody with children said that. Get out of the way. Huh? I, heard, I heard a number of people say, what'd you say? Clean it up? Clean it up. Somebody else say, all right, let me, let me, give, you, let me give you the test. So somebody says, Spirit, uh, glass of milk is spilt. Pay attention here. Somebody says, I got a mop. I'm going to clean it up. Knee-jerk reaction. Another person says, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I spill my milk all the time. Knee-jerk reaction. Somebody else says, I'll get you another glass of milk. Knee-jerk reaction. Somebody says, next time, if you just put the milk. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction. Somebody says, I told you 30. Here's Steve. I told you 35 times before. Knee-jerk reaction. Look here. There's something to that. Because I just mentioned the gift of teaching, the gift of helps, the gift of mercy, the gift of serving, the gift of giving. I just meant, you didn't even see it. That's, I just mentioned five gifts just like that. God, look here. God is not trying to complicate. Andrew, God's not trying to complicate it. A good-looking young man like you, he wants you to know what your spiritual gift is so you can bless God's people with it. Why would he want to keep it a mystery? He wants you to know what it is. It's not that, co don't overthink it. You just need a little, little coaching, a little bit of help, because that will matter in the end.
Amen? You got a couple more minutes? Even if you don't, I'm going to take them anyway. Let me give you another verse. Look at this verse here. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive what? Crown of life, which he hath promised, the Lord promised to them that love him. So what will matter in the end? Look here. Life is filled with trials and troubles. Isn't that right? And, and you, you, you just can't get through life without being touched. Saved or unsaved. Correct? The worst thing we can do is lead somebody to the Lord and just say, man, watch the Lord work now. It's going to be nothing but woo, mountaintop experiences. Because a couple weeks later, they're going to say, you're a big liar. Because since I've been saved, now nothing but trouble. You know, trials sometimes are a gift sent us or permitted by God into our lives to help us, help us to grow, right? And I think this, I think in the end, what will matter is how we handle these trials, how we handle them, right? And look here, he says, blessed is the man that endureth. It didn't say, he didn't say this, blessed is the person who gets happy when they're tried, Huh? I would say it this way. Blesses the moron who laughs when the bottom drops out. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was so glad I got fired because now I can't pay my mortgage. God is so good. It's not what he's teaching. Blesses the man that endureth. So I lose my job. God, you're going to have to supply me. I got I to pay these bills. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to endure. And the Bible says he shall receive the crown of life. Huh? So you know what happens, Dominic? Now, in glory, man, in heaven, you just walk around with this big old crown that says, I endured. No, you know what you do? When, you, when, you, when you're at the feet of Jesus, you take that crown and you give it back to him. And you say, it's all because of you, Lord. Huh? I got something to show. Hey, I may not be, I may not be uh, a great soul winner. I may not have a voice to sing. I may not be able to serve like others can serve, but I can endure trials. So there's one crown I can get in heaven, right? The endurance crown. Praise the Lord. And I really do believe how we handle these trials will matter in the end. Amen? One final verse, and I'm done. Look at this Bible verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. It says this, that as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Think about that for a second. God has put the gospel in our care. Huh? That's sobering to think about. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing Men, but God which trieth our hearts. In other words, in other words, God has taken the message of the gospel, which, by the way, is the embodiment of truth, right? The gospel meant the good news. You know what the gospel is? It's the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Correct? And the, by, by the way, the only way somebody can get saved is if they put their faith or trust or total dependence in what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Get that. The only way somebody can get saved is if they call upon the name of the Lord. How shall they call upon him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And by the way, he didn't say ordained preacher or pastor. He just meant somebody who'll preach it, the gospel. 
And God said, that's the message, and now I'm entrusting it to you. Wow. That's significant responsibility. Say, say amen right there. That is significant responsibility. Because that means this, when we get to heaven, and by the way, I do believe that we are going to be present in heaven for the final judgment. You know, that audit that we will attend isn't the final judgment. Mm -mm. There's another judgment coming. There's a judgment called the great white throne. You've heard that before. And that's not a judgment for us. That's a judgment for, for the lost. That's where lost people will be. They will be brought from wherever they are, whether they're alive or dead, before the Lord. Revelation chapter number 20, you can read it for yourself. And they will be judged. Basically, think about this, they'll be sentenced. Because the judgment's already been declared, right? He that believeth not, pay attention right here, is condemned already. What do you have to do to get condemned? Nothing. You're born condemned. You need to get saved so that the condemnation's removed. But the Bible says that brought from the sea and the earth and the earth, alive on the earth or beneath the earth into the very presence of Jesus Christ where he'll judge them. And here's the reality of that. We're going to be present. Not, not to be judged but as witnesses of this event. Witnesses of this event. I'm going to finish here in just a, a brief moment. But when you think about that, you think about this. There's going to be people there being judged. It's got to be who we're going to know. People that we've worked with, schooled with, played with, lived with, friends, family, and foe. Say amen right there. And they'll, they might say something like this, but I never knew. I didn't, I, I didn't know. I didn't. Now, they'll be without excuse because God has given everybody creation and conscience. Romans chapter 1. So somebody can't say, who's being judged, thrown into the lake of fire. Hey, this is unfair. I never knew. No, you did know. You had creation. And you could have said, there's got to be a God. Where did this come from? There was conscience, something inside of you. And by the way, if you'll use those two witnesses, God will send you the third, the verbal. That's what happened to me and you. God sent us a verbal witness so that way we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pay attention right here and I'm finished. You may have been that verbal witness, but because of neglect, because of fear, because of laziness, because of whatever, that person never got the verbal witness. Hello? They had the witness of, of creation and conscience, but they needed the verbal witness. And maybe you and I were it. Did you ever read in Revelation chapter number 21 and verse number 4? We study this on Wednesday night. God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. Did you ever read that? You know, when I read the Bible, sometimes I say, huh? What? Wait a minute. I'm in heaven. 
right? There's no more pain. There's no more agony. There's no more funerals. There's no more bill collectors. No more wearing masks. You don't have to worry. Mrs. Riddell, you won't need a mask in heaven. Aren't you glad? Huh? No more. But then all of a sudden, no more tears. God will wipe away all tears. Why in the world will there be tears in heaven? Maybe because chapter 21 comes after chapter 20, and chapter number 20, there's the great white throne judgment. Last part of the chapter, and the very first thing that opens up, chapter number 21, here's John. Behold, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God. And then God says, and I will wipe away all tears from their eyes. Where did the tears come? Maybe it's because we just witnessed people that we knew and loved being cast into the lake of fire. Don't, don't quote me on that. Don't hold me to that. But it's a possibility. It's a possibility. What do you think really matters most to God today? What we eat for dinner? Or what you do with your Sunday evening? What matters most to him are the people that Jesus Christ died for and shed his blood for, lost people. And God has taken that whole message and entrusted it to us. What will matter in the end? Flip them a couple of slides, guys. In fact, just go to the last one, if you would, real quick. One, two, three, four, five. Here's what will matter in the end. Knowing that you're saved. What will matter in your treatment of others? You're using your spiritual gift. How you've handled trials and our faithfulness in sharing the gospel. These things will matter in the end. Amen? And I'm not sure if you've ever seen it before or heard it before, but let me read this Bible verse, and then I'll ask you to just pray with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Listen to this Bible verse, and I'll finish. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to what he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So we must all appear before the judge. And by the way, he's speaking to the church in Corinth, and he's speaking to Christians. So one day we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an answer for what we've done with what he's given. Not our sin. No, our sin is forgiven. Our sin is cleansed. No sin enters into heaven. You won't give an answer to Jesus for your sin. That was nailed to the cross, right? You pay the consequences for that today, not then. You'll give an answer to him for what you've done with what he's given you. That's stewardship. It recognizes what the psalmist says. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Meaning, it all belongs to him, including me. And when he calls us all home, we're going to have to give an answer to God for what we've done with what he's given us. What will matter in the end? Let's give that some thought as we close this. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of it. We thank you for the presence of it here this morning. We thank you for the truth. We've taken from Scripture this morning some scriptures that, some Bible verses that are, that are guides. They can guide us through life. They will help us to determine and then live accordingly as to what will really matter in the end. And we believe most important, top of the list, is knowing for sure that we've been saved, born again, knowing for sure that we have a place in heaven. And I would trust today 
There's many in this room that can say with certainty, I know for sure I'm going to heaven when I die. But if there's someone here today that's having doubts and struggles, Lord, I would pray that they'll not feel intimidated or prideful or ashamed. We all, we all struggle in areas. May they today just know it's time to get it settled. Once and for all, knowing for sure, I have a genuine conversion. That will matter most in the end. And for those of us who are saved, I pray that you'll help us to take into consideration the great truth that we discovered this morning so that we might live accordingly. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.